Shirley. Thank you. All right. Um, well, I get the privilege this evening of opening the Word of God and preaching. I thank Pastor for that opportunity. It is a privilege to, to preach tonight. And um, we, as assistant pastors, you know, you, you, whenever, whenever pastor's away, you're in the back of your mind thinking, is it going to be me? Is it going to be me? Am I going to get it? And, uh, and you always hope that you are. And, uh, and so I got the, I got the uh, short straw, or I don't know if that's the long straw. I got the good part of it tonight. And uh, so I'm thankful for that. Is this... There we go. How about that? All right. We're trying this out tonight. We got to, you know, pastor's been blowing up the microphone. He's been preaching so hard lately. And, uh, and so we've, uh, we're trying out a new microphone tonight. So we'll see how this works. And um, if not, I'll just throw a fit in a few minutes about how this microphone is junk. And, uh, and so then we'll all feel right at home uh, this evening. All right. <clears throat> Uh, Psalm chapter 19, verse 7 this evening, if you would. Did everyone get one of those handouts? Did anyone get missed? You got, a, you got one of the sheets, all right? My wife, she missed it. She needs it most. Please make sure she gets a handout, someone. And uh, <laughs> you can only joke like that when you know it's not true. Um, all right, anyone else? No one, wants to get, no one wants to put their hands up now. All right, good. Psalm chapter 19, all right? Um, how many of you know this song, verse number 7? Verse number 7, 8, 9, and 10. How many of you know this song? I know the teenagers know it because we sing it in class. No one, no one knows this song, really. Yeah, are you not, you're not there yet? No, no one's there yet? You're there? Do we have enough that can sing it? Let, let's go ahead and stand up, all right? Let's, let's try to muddle our way through this. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the, sure, uh, the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. That's 7, 8, and 9. They're the verses to the song. All right? And verse number 10 is the chorus. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and the honey comb. All right, switch me to this thing here so they don't have to hear me so full blast. All right? All right, so teenagers got to sing out. I know you know it. So teenagers, you sing out loud, and we'll see. You'll get the tune. It's very simple, and then we'll go through the next two verses, all right? The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honey. Good. Verse number eight. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. All right, verse number 9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Good. Now you know how to memorize a few verses more in the Bible. If you didn't know that song, an easy way to memorize it. And um, let's read verse number 11, if you would. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. You may be seated this evening. The Word of God, it's a precious tool. Better than a tool, it's a gift. 
a gift with thought and care and love that's been given from me to you. Not from me to you, from God to us. See, I know, now I know how a pastor feels. Stick a thing. Yeah, all right. The word of God is incredibly precious. And even as we read there in those passages, the law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. I wonder how often we think of the Word of God as being perfect in our personal lives and application. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. No greater joy than when I'm in the Word of God. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. No clearer direction than when I'm in the Word of God. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. It's this. This is how we know the Lord. This is how we know His thoughts. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. There's not a fallacy. There's not an error. There's not one problem in the Word of God. Verse 10, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. You know, I know that every time I sing that song with the teenagers, every time that I read this passage of scripture, that I am convicted in my spirit. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Everything materialistic that we could want or desire is is wrapped up in those two statements. Fine gold and the honeycomb. It's our wealth, it's our possessions, it's our prestige. It's our the, the meeting of our physical necessities and our desires. That sweet tooth that we have, you don't have to have it, but oh, it's so good to be able to satisfy it. But do you crave the word of God that way? Is the word of God cherished with those words? And, and as you read this, uh, this verse, verse 10 here, it is dripping with, with just a, a love and a, and a desire. Like, is very rare, I believe, in an attitude towards the word of God. I know it's something that I constantly have to work on. About the value that I place on the word of God how important it is in my life, how much do I desire it? Do I walk away from it satisfied? Do I get more gratification from the earning of coin, from earning of money than I do gratified from my time spent in the Word of God? These these simple questions are simply answered, really, in our own personal actions. If we'll spend a bunch of time in overtime, but won't spend any overtime in the Word of God, then we know that there's an imbalance there. Then we've got a problem that we we need to address, that we don't desire it more than the honeycomb. That it's it's not more precious to us than, than, than fine gold. I read an interesting story about an old miner who lived his life as a hermit deep in the middle of nowhere. Really didn't have well, any relationship with his family. Not because he didn't want it. Uh, He was a hermit by nature, but he would reach out to them. They were ashamed of him, really, and didn't have any desire to get to know him or spend time with him. Or It was inconvenient for them to go out of their way to the hermit's shack and, uh, and spend any time with him. Well, as time passed by, eventually that hermit passed away. And his family, out of necessity, came out to his old shack went inside and cleaned it up and took out any valuables they could find. And and that was all they ever really had to remember that hermit. As the family was loading up the last of that small pickup truck load of really, in their opinion, worthless trinkets, an old neighbor came straddling down the road. And he said, hey, do you mind if I take what is left in the cabin? And they said, kind of 
tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, we took all the valuable stuff, so whatever's there, you can have it. And so he went in there and he walked right to a specific spot. He knelt down and he lifted up a couple floorboards. And underneath those floorboards, this is a true story, by the way, was over a million dollars worth of gold that the old miner had been collecting for years and years and years. But the family didn't know him well enough to know where the gold was. But there was a a stranger close by, to the family anyway, who knew that old hermit well enough to know where he could go to get those riches. And he walked into that cabin and knew exactly where to go to retrieve that treasure. Verse number 11 says, Moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. I wonder this evening, by way of introduction, is there reward to you found in the Word of God? Do you, do you seek after it as though it was a reward? Do you desire it as the honeycomb or more than fine gold? In other words, this evening, the question being proposed is, how precious is the Word of God to you? And do you understand its benefits and its rewards? The, thing that, the things that come to us that God wants for us to have as His children, He wants for us to have in this life. You do realize that these are the things, that what He put in here, this does not contain the whole, does it? No. There is more God could have said. But this is what he deemed to be important enough to inspire holy men of God to write it in a book so we could have it today. This is that important. That God said, I've got to put something on paper to preserve for my people so they could have it in my absence. It's that important for us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you would, let's, let's jump over to a very familiar passage of Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 12. How precious is the Word of God to you? How much do you value the Word of God and your time in the Word of God? 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 12 says, Yea, and all that will live, live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, not of Paul, the word of God, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, instruction in righteousness. Excuse me. We can read on and we're familiar with the passage here. But I want you to notice, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. We're familiar with this thought, but let's take and apply it to our lives. We have known that the, the group that is here tonight for quite some time in your personal life, you have known and have been taught the value of the Word of God. You know that the things that you believe, for the most part you know this, uh, that the things that you believe are biblically based. You know that. But the knowledge of that is different than knowledge of the Word of God. Knowing that something comes from the Word of God and that it is good because it comes from the Word of God is different from knowing the Word of God. It's different from understanding the value that it has. If I take a $20 bill and put it into the fingers of my child, it will be as valuable to them as if I put a $1 bill in their hand. They have no understanding, no comprehension that the numbers that are... Put on that sheet of paper, what has been written down on that piece of paper changes its importance in this world. And there are babes in Christ filling churches and all across this globe who hold a book in their hand where some understand that it is priceless, but to them it is a trinket. It's to be collected and sat on the end table. 
It's put in the living room or on the, on the kitchen table. It's sat on the shelf and never touched or used. I know at some point we've seen this video, Caleb, if you would play the, the missionary footage. No, at some point, I, I know I've seen it several times. I, I believe you may have seen it before at some point. But if you would just go ahead and play that, that little video clip, the, the missionary uh, video footage. And as they open those up, kissing them. Cherishing. And I know it's a book, just like any other book, as far as its pages and paper and ink. But it's not that they could... It's, I don't think they care about what if, if it was leather-bound or paperback. Whether it was silk pages or whether it was paper pages. Whether it was from the dollar store or whether it was from the bookstore. It was the content of that book. That's what they knew they needed. What they desired. There is great reward in the Word of God. This is not a difficulty in our life. Reading the Word of God is not a trial that God has placed in the believer's life. But really, what it comes down to is our desires and how we value it. The value that we place on it. Do I think it's important? Do I cherish it? There's another video clip up there. And uh, this is my dad a couple days before he died. Go ahead and play that. Calm would come over him. So convicting that those words would bring such comfort. But they only brought comfort because of the value that he placed on them. And what about our value? You can turn that off of the word of God. This message really is spawned as a result of sitting there reading scripture to him. And you have a list in front of you that we are going to blaze through. Because these are not, and, I, and I'm not blazing through it because I have to because of time. I intentionally structured this message this way. There's nothing I'm going to state that we don't know. There's nothing about the Word of God 
that I'm going to say tonight that we haven't heard before. But what I want to motivate and encourage and challenge the church to do tonight is to place more value on it. To take the Word of God and say, okay, yes, I have known that from a youth. I have known that for a long time. But tonight, in my life, I am going to move the value of God's Word to another level. It's not going to be something that I can live without. It's not going to be something that's in my top five of cherished things. It's going to be something that I'm going to take and I'm going to say, I cannot live without this. I must have it in my life. So there's seven, seven things on your sheet of paper. It's the, the list is much longer than this. But seven things tonight. Father, I pray that you would help us to take the challenge this evening and do something with it in our lives, to be motivated to grow to the next level in our spiritual condition with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first section you see there is, by the word of God. By the word of God, we are born again. By the word of God, we are born again. Now that's something that we as believers, we, we place an incredible value on. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Brother Josh earlier mentioned as he was um, singing the chorus and he said, Hey, you know what? How, how are people going to hear without a preacher? And every single one of us that sit in this room tonight, we can take the time where we were saved and the situation surrounding it, and you will have to get bear witness that the Word of God was being used in your life. For me, I'm sitting at a conference listening to preaching. Holy Spirit of God comes and convicts me and says, This is it. Now is the time. Today is the time. Don't put it off. Get saved. But it was the word of God. David, where were you? When you got saved. He's sleeping. Don't mind him. Wake up. <laughs> All right. It was June 25th, uh, 2003 at, at uh, Community Baptist Temple when we were on Cannon Road. All right. And preaching, after preaching, at an invitation? Invitation. An invitation. Brother Don, where were you when you got saved? I was at church after preaching. After preaching. Miss Mary, where were you when you got saved? Invitation. I could go around the room and I could put this microphone in everybody's face who's accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and they're going to say, hey, I was saved because of, as a result of, in an environment of the preaching of the Word of God. And we look at our lives and we say, praise the Lord for the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And amen, we ought to place uh, an importance on that, that we're saved, that we're born again. There's nothing more exciting in our lives. Right? Amen? Yeah. Do I have to do the Brother Houston? All right. Amen. There's nothing more exciting in our lives than the fact that we have, by the power of the Word of God, accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. But do we wake up on a daily basis thinking to ourselves, man, I need the Word of God because by it I was saved. And it transformed my life. There is nothing better, nothing better that has happened in my life than the result of the Word of God being preached to me and me accepting Jesus Christ as my Savior. It is an incredibly valuable tool. It is an incredibly valuable asset. But I don't wake up, not consciously anyway, not unless I'm working on it. I don't wake up consciously thinking, man, there is power in the Word. Do I have enough of it hid in my heart that as I go throughout today, I can quote a scripture? Do I have enough of it hid in my heart that I could share it with a, a lost coworker? Do I value it enough where I know the gospel myself because, man, it changed my life and it transformed my future and it, it uh, altered my destiny? Do I value it enough to have it in me so that I can share it with others? Because of the work that is done in my heart and my life. Because that by the word of God, I've been saved. What kind of value? You see the, the people that were there in Paul's days, he's making his missionary journeys and they had erected that monument, that God, that statue to the unknown gods. 
And Paul went in and said, hey, I know you got the statue, but let me preach unto you something different. Let me preach to you the gospel. Let me preach the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you won't need any of these statues anymore. You won't need any of these idols you've got in your life. You can put them all away and you can know, personally know, the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior. No unknown in your life. By it we are born again. That ought to create a love within our hearts that couldn't be extinguished. But it is, isn't it? If we don't stoke the flame, if we don't talk, I'm telling you right now, if you are not talking about your salvation testimony to somebody, if you don't share it, it goes dormant. You may look at preachers and say, man, why are they so fired up about that? Because first of all, usually preachers are talking about their testimonies all the time. And the more that you talk about the day that you got saved, the more excited you get to talk about the day that you got saved. Isn't that what Fanny Crosby said? Yeah, it is. I love to tell the story. The more I tell it, the more I love to tell it. Why? Because the Word of God is incredibly powerful. It transformed my life. Do you value it that way, though? Do you understand how important that is to the lost? That they gain that knowledge. From the youth, you've known it. The youth of your spirituality, you've known it. The point where you repented of your sin and turned to Jesus Christ, you've known that it was the power of of the gospel unto salvation. But there's a whole bunch of people who don't have that knowledge. Take the powerful knowledge that you have that is the word of God, the power of God unto salvation, and by it we are born again. Secondly, this evening, as we think about the word of God, let's understand that by it we grow. By it we grow. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. How are you doing in your Christian life? Oh, I'm doing really good. Message was powerful on Sunday. Weren't those powerful messages on Sunday, by the way? Man, what moves you? I've been, that has been stuck in my mind all week. What moves me? What moves me? I've woken up with the thought, what moves me? Yeah, go. messages have been powerful. That's, that's good. Be faithful to church. That will help you grow in a way that you can't grow any other way. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's on the menu. Seldom, if ever, to be skipped. Rarely intentionally. And always made up for, if missed. Right? <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. We go, we go, we're like, oh, you know, I'm on a diet. What do we do the first time we can cheat? Make up for everything we did on that diet. Right? <laughs> let's be honest. If we're going to skip anything, it's like, whoa, I'm just stockpiling the treasure for later. That's, that's how we are with the word of God. Is that how we are with the word of God? just have to have it, can't get enough of it. If for some reason we missed it, we double down on it because we're just starving for it. Most of the time we are so full of ourselves, of pride, of the world, carnality, that we could skip day after day after day after day and never have a hunger pain for the word of God. Why is that? Is it because it's lost its savor? Is it because it's lost its value? Or is it because we just don't value it? How do you value the word of God? It is the word of God and and, and by it we grow. Oh yeah, I'm doing great in my Christian life. I, I prayed this morning. That's great. But did you read the word of God? 
Oh, I, I shared the gospel with somebody today. That's wonderful. Praise the Lord for it. Amen. I hope you can do that time and time again. But did you read the word of God? I read a good devotional this morning and it was, it was incredibly powerful. No, but did you read the word of God? And I know, I fully understand that we are the core of the church, that we are the ones who are here all the time, and, and I'm with you. But I know who I am. And I know how distracted I can be. And I know how busy I can get. But it has to consciously be doubled down on. I will not grow in my Christian life the way that God intends for me to grow if I do not value this. Sweeter than the honeycomb. More precious than fine gold. Do you understand that by it we grow? Folks, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about reading the word of God. That's not what I'm talking about. There are two types of students in the world. The student who attends the class and listens to the teacher and walks out knowing nothing about algebra, English, history, right? Any of you have ever taught? I taught chemistry for about five years. There were kids who just soaked it up, asked questions, and there were kids who it didn't matter if you tried to beat them with a stick. They could not remember one element on the periodic table. They didn't value it. When am I going to use that? Why is that important? Right, we've all said that about algebra. You know, those things were like, when am I going to need that calculation? I'm never going to need that in my life. Well, if you're, you know, I'll tell you what my mom told me. It makes you think harder. It stretches your brain. You may not ever use it, but it's going to make you smarter if you apply yourself to it. And as, as believers, as students of the Word of God, we are one of those two types. There are the studious person. They show up, they're there all the time, and they read the words on the page, they close it, they walk away from it. I read the Bible, just like the student went to his class and, and uh, did all the things that was required of him, and, and they'll pass on and, and feel good about themselves. But the fact of the matter is they missed out on the benefit of that class. And there's a lot of Christians who miss out on the benefit of the word of God because we take it with that attitude. It's not valued as we sit there and as we read the words on the page. Right? You read read numbers and you're like, what good is this? (laughs) But there's also people who can read the proverb of the day and shut the page and not have a single thought to glean from it. Proverbs. By it we grow. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Don't read it, study it. Apply yourself to it. Number three, by it we are cleansed. Man, praise the Lord for it. By it we are cleansed. John chapter 15 verse 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Man, that's an amazing thing that the word of God purifies. Hey, no, you're already saved. You're already saved. You're already kept from an eternity in hell. You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Cleansed and salvation is two different things. Cleansed is what happens at me and my struggle as a human being. Flesh and, and spirit. And as I walk through this world, my spirit has been set free from the bondage of sin. I'm no longer in sin. I am secured unto the day of redemption. I can't lose it. I can't walk away from it. There's nothing that can happen to me. But my flesh still lives in this carnal world. And as I walk through, I pick it up. And I, take, I partake in it. And I dirty myself up. But by the word of God, I am cleansed. Man, I've talked to so many, so many young people who say, man, uh, Brother Kavanaugh, I, I want to get victory in this area of my life. I, I, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with attitude toward my parents. I'm struggling with disrespect. I'm struggling with my thought life. I'm struggling here. I'm struggling there. I'm struggling here. Well, what are you doing in your devotions? Well, I'm really struggling with that too. It's always, they're always correlated. 
your relationship. Hey, parents, you have a, a young person that's struggling in your home? Get them in the Word of God. Having difficulty in your own life? Get in the Word of God. But we don't value it that way. It's a, it's a mundane drudgery. It's a task that must be performed. It's not the Chinese, the Chinese uh, underground church. <laughs> this is what we needed most. This is what I couldn't live without. It's not the attitude that my dad had developed in, in his final days of suffocating to death. There's nothing more precious to me than, than, to, than to hear the word of God. It brings such comfort in my life because there has been nothing more important to me for years and years and years and years than to please him. And I value it. By the word of God, we are cleansed. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins. And to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. He forgives easily. But sometimes we just need the scrub brush to be taken to our lives. It's forgiven and forgotten as far as he's concerned. In the depths of the sea of God's forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west. For him it's done. But in our own fleshly minds, we've got to get the scrub brush out. Oh, I don't like to read. Okay, then you will not grow and you will not be cleansed. Well, it's just too hard for me. Well, figure it out. Listen to it. Have somebody read it to you. Sit down at a dedicated time. But it is a poor, lame, ignorant excuse to say, oh, I just struggle with reading. It doesn't hold water. Not if you value it. Not if you value it. Oh, I've got really bad teeth. I, I just will never eat again. No, you're going to figure it out. Whether it winds up being a steady diet of milkshakes the rest of your life or whatever it is, you're going to figure out how to get it in. But our excuses so often are how to get out of it rather than for us to get into it. And they come in abundance, they come readily. But if we don't have it, we are not, be clean, not being cleansed. Man, what a miserable life for a Christian to live without the word of God. Isn't that an amazing tool that we have that I don't have to live with that guilt, that bondage, that, that, uh, that weight laying on my mind. Or even those reoccurring thoughts of guilt that the devil tries to bring into my life. But you remember what you did. You remember what you did. Oh, and he tries to throw those things back at you. You know how it is. But with the word of God, we are made clean. Number four, by it, we are sanctified. It's different from salvation. It's different from cleansing. By it, we are sanctified. It's a ceremony in our lives. When we open the word of God, it's a ceremony. Every single day, we get down and we open the word of God. We sit in our place, wherever it's at, we open the word of God. It's a ceremony in our lives. Where we're saying, God, whatever I am, Whoever I am, whatever I've got to offer you, I am giving it up right now. And I want you to tell me how I'm supposed to live my life, how I'm supposed to serve you, what I'm supposed to give up, what I'm supposed to live without, what I'm supposed to live with, where I'm supposed to be, where I'm not supposed to be. God, I am with you today because there's nothing more important in my life than being set apart for your use. Sanctification. Set apart, designated ceremonially for a special or specific use. And every day, as I understand the word of God, and I place a value on it, I say, man, I want God to use me. And he's done so much for me. And I know what he's done for me because of this blessed book. And because I know what he's done for me. And that I have a home in heaven. And that I'm secure in my eternity. I want to know how he wants me to live today. And so I'm going to set aside some time where I'm going to learn from him how I can be sanctified. How I can be used by him. Uh, yeah, that, that part's for the Old Testament saints. Um, that part is... It's outdated. That part, it, it just doesn't make sense. I just don't see that part. 
That way, we read it with a whole bunch of attitudes. Preconceived conditions about what God wants to do as far as our sanctification. But if he valued it, if we valued it, if we opened it up and said, oh, really? Yeah. Well, Lord, you know that's not going to be easy for me because my flesh doesn't want that. But, you know, this is the book where I learned about salvation. This is the book where I learned about being clean in my Christian life. You know what I learned about how I could grow in here, too? Lord, I'll just go ahead and take it for what it is as far as being sanctified for your use, too. John chapter 17, verse 17, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word, is truth. Fifth, by it we get light. By it we get light. Psalms 119 verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We could turn off the lights, we could put on the blindfolds, we could do all the illustrations that we wanted to do tonight, but the fact of the matter is we all understand what it is to walk in the dark room. We all understand what it is to walk without being able to see. We've all been there in our own lives, whether it was late at night or was out in the country. We know what it is to head a direction and not really know where we're going or what dangers lie ahead of us. Whether we're going to step on something, whether we're going to stub a toe, whatever. We all understand that. And there is no difference. However you want to distort it, there is no difference. When I wake up in the morning, I'm running late. And I go about my day. The light is off. And you missed out on knowing what God had for you that day. What he wanted for you. He wanted to turn on the light. Thy word is a light unto my lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. We've got to understand that we turn the light off in our lives, and we make foolish decisions, not because God wants us to, or not because he hasn't made a way of escape, but because we've turned the lights off. Number six, by it we're defended. Man, this is so, this is awesome to me. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. By it we are defended. Ephesians chapter 6 is the whole armor of God. Verse number 17, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is, this is amazing to me. Every other piece of the armor is, is an is a, is, uh, inactive defense. You put it all on and it'll help you take a blow without dying. But when you get to the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, you now have some active defense. It's no longer I have to stand here and take the blow. I now can defend myself against things that are coming my way. We've all seen the sword movies. You know where they block the flaming arrow from hitting them right in the face. You know? They, they, can, they can hold off the enemy with that sword. The thing that they can hold in their hand, just wave it and keep the enemy at bay a little bit. By the word of God, when we value it the way that we should and when we utilize it in our lives the way that we should, it helps us to defend ourselves against the evil day. Not just to stand here helpless Christians. Oh my, oh me, oh my, oh me. I'm just taking one hit after the next. No, you can be proactive with this. You can, you can attack with this. You can, you can conquer the enemy with this. What did the enemies, the Philistines, do to the Israelites when they didn't want them to win? They took all the blacksmiths out of the land and they took all the swords away from them. Why? Because they couldn't attack or defend themselves that way. But we have a sword. And with it, we can defend ourselves. What an amazing (laughs) tool. I wouldn't want to go into battle without it. But I've done it. 
I've done spiritual warfare without it. Because I didn't value it. I thought, you know what? Kind of small. I'm kind of big. Even if he does hit me, I think I'll be all right. I got enough armor on. Be okay. No. The word of God. Number seven. By it, man is judged. By it, man is judged. You, you think about this and you're, you're like, well, this doesn't really sound like that good of a thing. <laughs> um, it is. This is an awesome thing. John chapter 12, verse 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Two judgment seats, the great white throne, the judgment seat of Christ. We're aware of how we're going to be judged. But hey, you know what the awesome thing about the word of God judging us? Is that it's not sporadic. It's not hit and miss. It's not based on an opinion. It's not my idea, pastor's idea, your parents' idea, your teacher's idea. We can know exactly how God is going to judge us. We can know exactly what he's expected of us. We can know exactly what he's going to open up and say, did you match up to it? It's not a difficult thing for us to understand or to know what God wants from us. If we value it. But if we don't value it, we will get to that day and stand before God and say, but, 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 I didn't know. Well, why didn't you know? Well, no one ever told me. So, what do you know about what God's going to judge you on? Could you list some things? Could you evaluate yourself and, and tell, tell, share with others? Man, it's a good thing to know what God is going to do in that day. What he's going to ask. What I need to do in order to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I can know it. Jeremiah, in closing, 15, verse 16, says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. Jeremiah said, man, I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. I'm called by his name. And there is nothing more precious to me than God's word. Is there something more precious to you? What value have you placed upon God's word? What value did you place on it this morning? Throughout today? What value did you place on it with your children, your grandchildren, the people you get to influence? What value have you placed on the word of God? How important is it to you? It's an incredible, incredible gift. Church, let's value it more. Even if you say, yeah, I, I, I did. I, I walked with God today. and Man, it was. It was a joy to get up this morning and walk with the Lord. Man, praise the Lord. I'm sure there are many people in this room that could say that. Think we could take it up another notch? Do you think that would just make us stronger? Do you think that would help the people around us? Do you think that would help our church? Oh, man, it's going to help in every single aspect of our lives if we can turn up the heat a little bit in our value of the word of God. Father, we do thank you for this evening. We thank you for the the message tonight. Lord, I pray that you would help us to um, place more of a preeminence on your word. Lord, we're so consumed with the affairs of this life. There's so much going on that distracts, takes away. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take your word and that it would be more precious to us than fine, good, uh, fine gold, that it would be more desired than the honeycomb. Lord, that we could say with Jeremiah, thy words were found and I did eat them. I had to have them. I couldn't live without them. If you would stand with me this evening as the piano begins to play, if the Lord spoke to your heart tonight, maybe you have not had very much value on the word of God.